Bonsoir. Well, Cornerstone, how y'all doing? Y'all good? good? Well, we ain't got time to talk. You know, they don't give a brother a few minutes to preach around here, so we're going to get right into the text. Revelation chapter 1 is where you can find me, Revelation chapter 1. Um, back in January, uh, since we, I've seen you last, uh, God's been doing some amazing things. We planted a church uh, in, in, in Monrovia by the name of Fellowship Monrovia. It's a multicultural, intergenerational, gospel-centered church. Uh, we started January 15th, and by God's grace, we're six months old, and we've been seeing over 600 people every Sunday. So excited about what God has been doing. But I, I really love for you to pray for us because, to be honest, all these people, it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. Uh, because uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So if you could just pray that God would help us, because he didn't call us to Monrovia to build a crowd. Uh, he called us to build a congregation. Uh, so I pray that you would come alongside us and pray that God will provide all that we need so that we might make disciples in our city and that our city will be changed by the power of the gospel through the disciple-making of Fellowship Monrovia. Amen? Amen. Revelation chapter 1, hear these words of our Father. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth. To him who loves us, and watch this now, and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom priest, to his God and Father, to him be glory, dominion forever and ever. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so, amen. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Uh, I pray that these next few moments that you would tune our ears to your voice so that we might hear you ever so clearly. Father, turn our hearts toward you so that we might experience all that you have for us. God, it's to that end that I ask that you would stand in my body, think through my mind, and speak through my vocal cords those things that you would have us say no and do. May the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, you are my strength, you are my redeemer. Have your way in Cornerstone today. In Jesus' name. Every heart said amen. amen. 
Amen. The book of Revelation is, is a funny thing. People usually have like two reactions to the to, to, to book of Revelations. One of two reactions. Either people look at it and they see that they've got dragons and stuff with horns coming out their heads and beasts coming out of the water with blood on them. And they hear all that and they make a U-turn around 1 John and head back to Genesis and say, I'm going to stick on this end of the Bible. You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to get into all that stuff. Uh, you, you got those people that just... That just they're, they're afraid of it. They won't touch it. It's kind of like Mufasa. Ooh, say it again. Mufasa. Ooh, I'm saying it's like the book of Revelation. Ooh, I'm not going to go to it, right? And then you got the other people, the other people that dive in and they go so deep into it that they literally begin to drown. I mean, they go in and they take all the symbols and all the lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. And they begin to kind of put together these patterns and they say, all right, well, according to this sign and this sign, Jesus is going to come back October 15th, 2012. And on October 16th, they looking crazy. Well, well, we're going to change that to two-thirds. You know, just crazy stuff. It's like they just go too far and they make it one thing. I mean, and then churches even divide over when is Jesus coming? And they use it for debate. Are, are we pre-trib or are we post-trib? Well, I told my church, I pray that you get whatever you believe. I believe in pre-trib because I want to get out of here before all the drama starts. You know what I mean? Get me out of here. I'm out. You know what I mean? I want to get out of here, you know? So, so I told all the post-trib people, if you want to fight, you get what you believe. You, you post-trib, all right, you, you, you here afterwards. Have a good time. Good luck, buddy. Good luck. Good luck. You know, but, but, but there are these two reactions, both are unhealthy, both not helpful. Uh, as we think about the Re book of Revelation, uh, the, the Word of God is so powerful, it's important for us to understand the context. I tried to think of how can I, how can I set this up? How can I give context? And this song came to mind. It goes like this. <clears throat> Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And if you threw a party, how many of y'all like the Golden Girls? Y'all know the Golden Girls? Yeah. Go girl? I am not ashamed. I am a fan of the Golden Girls. Rose, Blanche, Dorothy, Sophia, them is my peoples. Them, them is my homegirls. I'm sorry, homegirls. Uh, those that I adore and that I appreciate and have great value for, like to spend time with. Homegirls. Uh, uh, I, I love the Golden Girls because, I mean, just in those episodes when there's a crisis and somebody's going through something, and around 2 a.m. they find themselves around that kitchen table, and they always grab some cheesecake, put it front and center. And the beautiful thing about this, it's, it's a picture of this friendship, this bond that they have where they cry together, they laugh together, they talk together, and most importantly of all, the fabric, the core of a great friendship is that they listen to one another. When I think of the book of Revelation, at a minimum, it's a story that begins with two friends, uh, Jesus and his dear friend, John. John and Jesus were great friends. John uh, would, would be there uh, when Jesus was crucified on the cross. 
Uh, John, after the resurrection, would go and preach the gospel of his friend Jesus Christ, tell the good news of Jesus Christ, and would start these churches uh, there in Asia Minor, which is our modern-day Turkey, and he would find himself. As a matter of fact, John loved his friend Jesus so much that even when persecuted, he kept on preaching the gospel. Historians would say that they took John and literally tried to boil him to death to take his life. After trying to boil him to death, still alive, they said, we'd give him the ultimate punishment, uh, solitary confinement, and they put him on this island called Patmos. And there, on this island of Patmos, there all alone, by himself, waiting to die from isolation, his enemies thought, his friend Jesus sends an angel to come and see about him. Jesus says to John, I have a message. The book of Revelation, the word revelation literally means to reveal, to unveil. Apocalypse is the word. It's the idea of, of a God breaking into his people. He says to John, I want to break into the hearts of my people. I want to speak to my people. I want to unveil and reveal myself to my people. And like a good friend, like a good friend, John listens. And to our benefit today, he took good notes. And those notes is what we find in the book of Revelation this morning. Uh, my prayer for us in our time of study this morning, our time that's fleeting fast, uh, uh, my prayer is this, that we would sit at the feet of the God who wants to reveal himself. He wants to speak to us concerning our situation, concerning our life, concerning his church, and that like a good friend, this morning, we would sit at his feet and listen to what the Spirit of the living God has to say to his children. Amen? Amen? As I thought about listening and what does it mean for us to come and listen before God as John did, I thought about the things that could get in the way, the things that could hinder our ability to hear God. And I have three things this morning that I want to talk about, three ways, three things that will hinder our ability to hear God. And I have three things this morning because in seminary they tell you you should have three things. Um, so there are probably more than three things in there, but all I got is three. Um, so, so I want to talk about three things that could potentially hinder our ability to hear from God. Number one is poor posture. Number one is poor posture. I remember being in seminary, uh, and I remember taking this class on counseling, and they said, Albert, there's this thing called uh, a listening posture. There's a, there's a way for you to sit, there's a way for you to posture yourself that indicates to the speaker that you're listening. Uh, I, I didn't know that there was a posture that says, I'm listening to you, I'm watching. And then when you think about it, you think, yeah, because there's definitely a posture when somebody's not listening, right? Like when you're talking to your teenage kid or something, and they're, and they're talking to you, and they're talking, and they're like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, <laughs> huh, you, 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 know, you, you know, clearly this posture, they, they're not listening, you know what I mean? Uh, but, but it says there's the, the listening posture is this, when you, you, should, you should look at them uh, uh, directly and your, your body should be, your arms shouldn't be folded and stuff, and you should uh, nod in the affirmative occasionally. Uh, and, and you should open your mouth and you should say, yes. Uh-huh, okay, you know, stuff like that. When I got to think about it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like preaching in the black church. Uh, uh, I'm from Mississippi, for those of you who know, grew up in an all-black church, and in the black church, my, man, we, we, they, when they agree with you, they talk back to you. You say something they like, they say amen. 
yes, that's right, yeah, praise the Lord. You know, they, they kind of send, give these affirming things. My Aunt Vicky, boy, I tell you, my Aunt Vicky, she would literally say when the preacher would say something challenging and everybody would get quiet, my Aunt Vicky would shout out, come on with some more. <laughs> But I'm thinking true to form, though, if you started taking too long, she'd say, all right, bring it on home now. <laughs> time, time to wrap it on up, preacher. Come on now. So she would, she would talk back to you, and they would let you know you're listening. And then, you know, for the last seven years I've been living out here on the West Coast, I've been preaching it in a lot of white churches, and it's just a little, little different. Um, you know, white churches, they let, they let you know they're listening by doing this. This is what they do. They do this. A little awkward, huh? Now y'all see how I feel. Listen. No, 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 no. But listen, listen, listen. But when they, when they, when they really get into it, when they really like it, when they really love it, what you're saying, like when you about to, when you going off, they do this. Huh? Huh? That's it. That's it. That's it. That's shouting right there. That's a shouting version. You know that shout. So, so just, just different posture. John tells us if we're gonna listen to Jesus, there's a posture. There's a listening posture for us to hear what he has to say. And in the word, he gives us in verse one and two, he gives us the context of what this posture is. The posture is found in the word servant. Says he's speaking to servant. Now, we've gotta unpack that word because our modern day understanding of servant is not what John is talking about. When we think servant, we thinking, I'm gonna help you out and it's an optional thing. Like, I'm gonna serve, but I'm only gonna serve for the amount of time that I feel like serving. And if I show up and if you ain't prepared, then I'm gonna leave early. And or if somebody there is getting on my nerves, I ain't gonna serve with them no more because I don't like them. Serving is like an optional thing. Like if I'm up to it, then I'll serve. That's not what he's talking about. John, the word is doulos. And in the Greek, that word literally translates slave. In other words, when it comes to this this posture, it's the posture of a slave, one who ain't got no choice. One who is completely and utterly dependent upon the master's provision for his life. Uh, The slave is the idea of one who's been bought with the price and is not a slave who's working on their freedom. No, no, no. It's a slave whose, whose freedom has been bought by the master and their life is completely, utterly dependent upon the provision of the master. They are desperately dependent upon the master's provision in their life. Jesus Christ says, If you're going to listen to me, you need to listen to me as a slave, one who's desperately dependent upon my provision and my provision alone. And Jesus says, you're a slave, but I've set you free. You're you're a slave, but I've paid a price, and you're a free slave. You're a slave that's been freed from sin and death, and I paid the price, and my blood has covered your life. So my blood has covered every area in your life. I've paid the price, I've set you free, and the blood has covered you, and every area of your life has now been covered by the blood. Y'all not getting it? Let me help you, let me help you, let me see. Let me me say it this way. Uh, My wife got in a little accident not too long ago, and we 
had to go into shop and you know we had to deal with the insurance company and they were gonna give us a rental car. Well, they were real clear, said, Albert, all you get for your rental car is $43.75. So I go to Enterprise and I said, look y'all, all I got is $43.75. I need a car for eight days. They said, all right, Mr. Tate. I said, listen, I need a seven passenger vehicle for $43.75. That's all I got. They said, okay, Mr. Tate, we can help you. They said, all right, Mr. Tate, come on outside. I said, you got a car? He said, yeah. I said, is it $43.75? He said, yes, sir, Mr. Tate, it's $43.75. So we sat outside, we're doing the paperwork. Sign here, initial here, sign here, initial here. We get down to the bottom. He says, all right, this here is for the insurance. He says, the insurance is $31. I said, is that included in the $43.75? He said, no, that's extra. I said, didn't I tell you all I had? was $43.75? I was trying to be godly, but you know, he was trying to, I was, I was tempted to say ungodly things to him. You know what I'm saying? It just, 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 just was just wrong. So, so out of my frustration, I called my wife. I said, baby, uh, call the insurance company, because I call her baby, because she's my baby. I said, baby, call the insurance company and see if we're covered with our insurance on rental cars. So she calls the insurance company, calls them back. She says, okay, honey, check with the insurance company, because you know, I call her baby, she calls me honey. She said, she said, honey, I check with the insurance, you are covered as long as you're driving the car. I said, as long as I'm driving the car, I'm covered. She says, yeah, if you're in Indiana, Arizona, California, regardless of where you are, as long as you're driving the car, then you're covered. I said, babe, what if I get in an accident? She said, even if you get in an accident, as long as you are driving the car, you, you cover. I said, okay, thank you. I said, I'm covered with my own insurance. Give me them keys, Jack. And so I got the keys from him. <laughs> I went in the car and I, and I drove off. Here, here's the problem. Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, paid for our sins on the cross and he paid our debt. And with the blood of Jesus Christ, he covered all of our sins. So regardless of what happens, regardless of where we go, we are covered by the blood of the lamb. And although no one leaves home trying to get in an accident, even if you get into an accident, even if you fail, even if you miss the mark, the blood of Jesus Christ has covered your life. The problem is the devil will come up and try to make you pay twice for something that's already been paid for on the cross. You, you, you got to be careful because Satan will try to make you pay for stuff that the blood has already covered. See, some of you, you're not in the sin anymore, but you're still consumed with the guilt and the shame. You're still wearing it like a head covering, and God is saying, I've already washed you away. You, you, you're a slave, you're a servant, and I've already set you free, and I've covered your sin. I, I know you failed, I know you messed up, but you keep reminding me of sins that I can't remember because the blood of Jesus has covered you. Stop allowing Satan to make you pay for something twice that on the cross I already paid for. I said, you're covered. He, he says, you're a slave, but you're a slave that's been freed by the, by, the, by the blood of Jesus Christ and covered by the blood of the lamb. And then he uses these interesting words. He uses, he, he says, he says, and your kingdom priests, kingdom priests. The word kingdom is the idea of, of, of you're not by yourself. You are not in isolation. You are part of the family, the community of God. You are not on your own. You are a part of the kingdom. You belong to the body of Christ. It's kind of like this. In 10th grade, one of my favorite memories of 10th grade was when I was in the musical production Annie. Uh, anybody remember Annie? I know I'm not looking too manly right now because I started with the Golden Girls. Now I'm talking about Annie, but that's all right. I'm, I'm secured. I'm secured this morning. Uh, 
Annie, Annie, for those of you that don't know the story, Annie is a story about this little redhead orphan who is in this abusive adoption center. There's this, this foster care, this abusive lady watching over, and then all of a sudden, Daddy Warbucks and his entourage shows up, and they pull little orphan Annie, and they pull her into this beautiful mansion, this beautiful place, and they're telling her, you now, you now, you're now part of this family. You're part of it, and you get tennis lessons, you get swimming pool, you get sheets, you get these beautiful, all these beautiful things, and in this moment, she begins to reflect, and she says, I used to room in a tomb where I'd sit and freeze, but look at me now, holy cows, can someone pinch me, please? I think I'm going to like it here. Well, friends, I don't know about you in your life, but I was an orphan and living in an abusive relationship with Satan and the things of this world. But then Abba Father, Daddy Jesus showed up pulled me out, brought me into his family, and began to show me peace that I'd never known before, began to show me love that I'd never seen before, began to give me joy that I never had before, and I began to reflect on my life. I used to room in a tomb. I used to be dead in my sins, but by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, look at me now. Holy cow, can someone pinch me, please? I think I'm going to like it here because the joy of the Lord is here. The peace of the Lord is here. The power of the Lord is here. The love of the Lord is here. The hope of the Lord is here. And hallelujah, Jesus is here. And I think I'm going to like it here. He says, you're a slave. You've been covered by the blood and you belong to the family of Daddy Jesus, Abba Father, where all things have been provided for you and you belong to the family of God. You are a slave, but you are a kingdom. And then he uses the word priest, priest, priest. The idea in their minds, you got to know, went back to the Old Testament because priests were those who had access. Uh, if, if you're a priest, you had access to the holies of holies. The rest of us would take our sacrifice and we would bring it to the priest and we couldn't go any further. Then the priest would take our sacrifice and take it in and make intercession on our behalf. But he says to them, no longer do you need a priest to intercede on your behalf. Now you're the priest. Now you have access to the power of my son, Jesus Christ. Y'all not getting it? Let me help you. Um, it, it's like when, when I'm walking through the airport, I like to use Delta Airlines and I walk through the airport and I'll never forget walking one day, and I noticed to the left, there's these frosted glass doors, and they swung open, and this beautiful breeze just flowed out of the room. It was, you know, this fresh fragrance. And I, I said, said, what meanest thou this? What is this? So, so I remember going into the room, and there was a desk there and a lady, and on the other side of the desk was another set of frosted glass doors, and those glass doors opened, and I looked in, and in there, huh, there were leather chairs. It's free, free internet access. And is that, eh, that's free food in there. Huh, it's beautiful music playing. That, eh, that's Barbara Streisand singing. Barbara, Barbara's in there. They're just, this beautiful thing happened. And then all of a sudden the lady said, sir, can I have your name, please? I said, I said, Albert Tate. And I kept looking. She says, she says, sir, you're not in my system. I said, I could have told you that, honey. I don't, I'm not in no system. She said, she said, well, sir, can I help you? I said, well, what is this? She said, this is the, the Delta Sky Miles Club. This is Sky Club. I said, I said, well, well, sign me up. I want to be in the Sky Club. She said, she said, well, sir, uh, Sky Club, you got to have so many miles. I said, okay. She said, how many miles do you have? I said, like before or after this trip, like, I think I got like a hundred. She said, said, I'm sorry, sir, I can't, you can't, you can't come in. I said, 
said, okay. So I pulled away and I walked over with all the other coach people, <laughs> you know. Not too long after that, I was traveling with a pastor friend of mine and we walked by and we're, he's a missionary and he does international trips all the time, so he's got tons of miles. So we're walking by and I walk by and he takes a left at the frosted doors. <laughs> and I stopped and I looked and I said, what meanest thou this? <laughs> he walks in and the lady knows his name and he goes past and, and I, I begin to stutter step and he says, come on, I said, I've been here before but I've been rejected. I can't afford this rejection again twice in my life. He says, no, 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 no. And then he, he signs his name and then attaches my name to his name and then I follow him and I walk in and I walk in the room and it's Akuna Matata. What a wonderful place. It's, I mean, it's just, I, don't know, I mean, Barbara Streisand was singing on the bandstand and Biggie and Tupac was doing the concert over there. And <laughs> turns out there's a heaven for a gangster after all. I, I tell you, if, 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 you, if you get it early, I won't have to preach as long. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? You, you see where I'm going with it? You and I couldn't get in on our own name. So Jesus Christ stepped down from glory, said, I got all the miles you need because I've been to hell, got the victory over death, hell, and the grave, went back up to glory, now interceding on your behalf, and now I go before you, and your name couldn't get it. Your name couldn't get you in, but I signed my name in blood, and I attached your name to my name. Now you can come in and have full access to the body and the Jesus Christ. So he says, come on in where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on because in my name, you can have access. Your name, your bad credit have itself. You can't get even a cell phone in your name. But if you come in my name, there's power in my name. There's peace in my name. There's joy in my name. There's victory in my name. Says you're a slave, you've been covered by the blood, you're in the kingdom, you're a royal family. And he says you're a priest, you have full access to the power of my name. Uh, he says, he says uh, if you want to listen, you've got to take on the posture of a slave who's been covered, bought with a price, belonging to the family of God and given full access. Second point, just on the second point. Second point. <laughs> Not only will a poor posture keep you from listening, but second point, uh, uh, what was it? <laughs> he says, uh, oh yeah, 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 a noisy life. A noisy life, it's gonna be a long day. Uh, uh, poor posture and a noisy life. He says in our text, he says, blessed are those who read the word, who hear the word, and who live out the word. Uh, during our time, they didn't have preachers like we do today, but they would receive a letter, and the one would stand and read the letter to the congregation and announce what the, what, whatever the message was. They'd get this letter from John, he'd stand and they'd gather around, and he'd read this message from John. He says, blessed are those who read the word of God. Because there's something powerful about the Word of God. What happens is, as you're reading the Word of God, the Word of God will begin to read you. Because it's not how much Word you go through, it's how much Word goes through you. So as you study and as you read the Word of God, you'll begin to see yourself in the Word of God. And He'll begin to show you areas in your life and you'll begin to see areas that need to line up with the Word of God. And as you read the Word, the Word will read you. He says, blessed are the readers of the Word and also blessed are the hearers of the Word. The hearers, as you hear the Word of God, it will 
begin to tune your life to the Word of God. When Ryan comes out and when he plays his guitar, he has to tune the string so that everything is in harmony. He says, when you hear the Word of God, I'm tuning, I'm tuning your life to my Word so that your life can be in perfect harmony with my Word. The Word will not only read you, but the Word will tune you, and finally, the Word will change you. Because uh, you can't sit and listen to the Word of God and stay the same. Because the Word of God, Hebrews 4 tells us, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's quick, cutting asunder bone and marrow, soul and spirit. It gets to the very core, the very essence of who you are, and it changes who you are. The question is, is your life too loud to the point to where you can't hear the Word of God? It's like this. Can I get some help? Would you, can you come up here and help me? Real quick, you, sir, would you come up here and help me? You, sir, would you come up here and help me? Uh, you, sir, would you come up here and help me? Y'all just come up right here. You, sir, would you come help me? Uh, 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 Laura, would you come out and help me too? Yeah, yeah. Come here for me real quick. I only got seven minutes, so y'all kind of hurry up. You know, it's kinda, <laughs> we kind of got a day going here, got things to do. All right. Y'all act, like, y'all act like this never happens at this church. Right. You stand right here for me. Stand right here. Stand right here. You stand right here. Uh, what, what's your name, man? I'm Felix. Felix? Yeah. Are you speaking any second languages or anything? No, I don't. You just all English, huh? What's it? You got a favorite song? No. You ain't got a favorite? You go to church and you ain't got a favorite song? This is my first time here. This is your first time here? Uh oh, you might not come back, huh? <laughs> all right. I want you to say, when I point to you, I want you to say the ABCs as loud as you can. You know the ABCs, right? I think so. Good, all right. Did you say, I think so? Yeah, I do. I do. All right, all right, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, you, you, you look like you know some Spanish or something, don't you? No. You don't know no Spanish, dog? No. I'm going to come back to I'm you. Hawaiian. Uh, yeah. You Hawaiian? Yeah. Well, that's what I meant. They speak yeah. Spanish in Hawaii. <laughs> Duh. I've been to. Uh, 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 you, got, you got a favorite song or something? Yes. What's your favorite song? Rebirth. Rebirth. All right, sing that as loud as you can, all right? Uh, what's your wife's name, sir? I'm not married. You're not married? No. What you want your wife's name to be? <laughs> Turn the lights up. Let's see what we can make happen. You see somebody? No, I'm just saying. Uh, 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 what's your name? Mark. Mark, I want you to spell Mark as loud as you can over and over, all right? Okay. All right, my Hawaiian brother, yeah. I want you to count to 20. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. You know how to count to 20, right? Uh, okay, good, good, good. <laughs> count to 20 as loud as you can, all right? Okay. Listen, and, uh, and did I give you something already? Nope. All right, what's your name? Vince. Vince, you don't know no other language, do you? Nope. Okay, that's Arizona, all right. So. Uh, <laughs> What's your wife's name? You married? Rosanna. Rosanna? I just scream Rosanna as long as you can, all right? Okay. Just, just over and over, Rosanna, all right? Just try not to have flashbacks. Okay, so, <laughs> so everybody on the count of three, I want you to say, say, say what I told you to say really loud over and over again until I tap you. When I tap you on the shoulder, then I want you to stop talking. You got it? All right, y'all ready? One, two, three, go. One, two, three, go. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What happens is... The Spirit of the Lord wants to speak in your life, but when your life is so loud, you can't hear His voice over all the voices in your life. So you have to turn the volume of your life down so you can hear the voice of God. You got to go to every area of your life and turn their life down and bring them down. And when everything is silent, you can hear the voice of the Lord that was speaking the whole time, telling you who you are, telling you who he is. But you can't hear his voice until you turn all the other voices down. Is your life so loud to where you can't hear the voice of God telling you what he has for you? 
I will fear no evil because I'm with you. Your rod and your but you can never hear him me. if your life you prepare a table is so before me in the presence loud. of my enemies. What you got to do is you got to turn your life down. Bend down for me. Bend down. Bend down. A little lower, guys. A little lower. Bend down. Bend down. Bend down. Bend down. All right. See, what happens is they're still there. But when all these things are down, then you can hear the voice of the Lord. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Watch this. See, the other things in your life didn't go nowhere. They're still here. They've just been put in an uncomfortable position. <laughs> see, see the, the kids, the anxiety from the job, the stress in the mouth, all those things are still there, but you've lowered them so the thing that needs to be lifted up, the voice of God, is now front and center. And when you can hear that voice above all other voices, it puts the other things in life in proper perspective because your life is so loud, it needed to be turned down so you could hear the voice of God. What are the areas in your life that are too loud that need to be turned down so you might hear what he has to say to you concerning your situations? Amen? Thanks, guys. Poor posture will hinder your ability to hear from the Lord. A noisy life will hinder your ability to hear from the Lord. And finally, it's what I call a, a, a blind deafness. A, a blind deafness. It says in our passage, one day when Jesus returns, he's coming back. And on that day, we will see him for who he is, and we will hear his call on our life. And he says, on that day, interesting in our text, it says that there will be wailing and mourning from the people. Why? Because they failed to see him as king, they will never hear him as savior. It's like this. Have you ever been driving and you, and, and you got your music going and you jamming, you know what I mean? And you get in the area and you, and you lost and you try to figure out if you made a wrong turn. And what you do is you, you, you turn the radio down so you can see. <laughs> come, come, come on in here. Anybody ever done that? You know what I mean? Will you turn the radio down so I can see where I'm going? <laughs> that don't make no sense, you know? In our passage, he's saying, for those that fail to see me as king, see me as Lord, see me in full control, on that day because you fail to see me, on that day you won't hear me as Savior. You won't hear the words from your Savior saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, because we all want a savior. On that day, we all want someone to save us from ourselves. We want someone to save us from the pit of hell. We want someone to save us from eternal destruction. On that day, we are going to want to hear a savior. But he's saying, if you haven't seen me as king, you won't hear me as savior. You you haven't given me control of your life. You haven't given me full authority. On that day, you won't hear me say, well done. It's a blind deafness. Because you fail to see him as God, you won't hear him as your Lord and Savior. Jesus wants to unveil himself. He wants to speak to you. Do you have the posture of the gospel? 
I'm a slave, freed from my sin, covered by the blood of the Lamb. And I belong to this family of God where I'm accepted and I'm received, not on the power of my name, but on the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm learning to bring the volume of my life down. Shh. So I could hear the voice of the Lord telling me who I am. And in this, I want to see him as king and Lord. So on that day when I stand before him, I hear him as savior and God when he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Father, I thank you so much. I pray that today we would come and rest before an almighty God who wants to reveal and speak to his children. Father, may we come as slaves utterly and completely dependent upon our master's provision and our master's provision alone. May we, may we come with the volume on our lives turned down and our ears tuned to your voice so that we might hear you. And Father, may we come with our eyes wide open, seeing you as Lord and King, so that we might hear you as Savior and Lord in our lives. Father, our heart is ready. We are listening. Speak, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.